coming. So basically, what just happened now is he just said that I'm just talking to you because they have actually called me. That's her abroad. So if not for the fact that Bill Clinton bams her lawyer phone, I will not be talking to you, bomber club pussy hole niggas, because what's the point? You are not appreciative that we are giving you 55k. Hey, Richard and Monini, I mean, what the fuck? Please stay at home. Nobody disturb me. I'm going back to sleep. That's literally what he just said. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, Canada, yeah. <laughs> I keep my one star. I keep my two star. I keep my three star. I keep my four star. I keep my five star. I keep my six star. <laughs> We don't have to actually have blades for him. I keep my sister. <laughs> no, 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 you can't use this against me. Yes. We will use it. Yes, sir. Can you hear it? Yes, I have received the voice notes. Good. That boy is a criminal. <laughs> okay. I'm not a criminal. Take them slowly. Baby, you know I go give you no wahala. I no get wahala. He's coming out with a new album. Did you see the announcement? Yes, yes. He did all the albums that were Jay-Z-esque, everybody said. Was it like something Loverboy or something? Yes. Confessions of a Loverboy. I'll be like some shit like that. He's such an interesting person. <laughs> oh, nice. I just... Hey, what? Aubrey has channeled every single corner of the planet. This is a fact. Because... A lover boy just sounds like some Caribbean African shit. <laughs> he's about to put out like three come closers. Right, like he makes you forget he's a Jewish man. <laughs> like he was raised by his mother. Let's not get crazy. Don't don't talk, don't say that too loud. He'll tell you that his father was in his life. No, so no, much. Bro. He said his father wasn't in his life. His father was trying to get it, get the credit. His father's still trying to get the credit. Father was trying to. I wasn't hiding him from Memphis. That's why I was trying to hide Memphis from him. Dennis be pulling up to all the Drake parties, trying to bag all the Drakes, the joints that Drake that Drake doesn't want. Right, whoever's left. If you get your grandfather head ass. I'm still a Graham. Damn it. <laughs> Drake, my son. Right. I give you that daddy. Do. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyways, how was your week? It wasn't bad. It was not bad. Um, trying to vote early this week. Mm, well done. Are you are you voting early, late, not at all? Yeah, no. I have to go to Connecticut and vote. Um, have to, you know, have to make that trip. That to that red zip code of yours. Shut up! It's blue. Mm, okay, Very we'll cool. see. We'll but, see what's changed in four years. <laughs> but but speaking of red, um. Who was that senator that just got confirmed? Amy. Senator or judge. Which one, senator or judge? 
Oh, it, no, it was, so she was, uh, oh, the U.S. Senate confirmed her to the Supreme Court. Yeah, My bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what's her name again? Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, yeah, Amy Barrett. I'm adding, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, so she had like two years of court experience, mm. living her best life, getting the privilege. So she's fully qualified based, you know. Right. You know what's on, crazy? Based on, based on most of our leaders that are in there, you know, doing shit. With her getting the seat, I feel like this is Trump is out of here. You feel like what is out of here? Trump is out of here with her getting the seat. Um, I mean, she... And this is why. This is why I say this, right? Okay. I feel like Trump was put, like, you know, obviously he has the backing of the Republicans and the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Mitch is the pop is the puppet master to me. Like I feel like he he has a plan, and his plan always was to have the amount of judges in the Supreme Court and the local courts and all that good shit, and to repeal Obamacare or like to slow it down. Like Mitch mm-hmm. wants all that done, and mm-hmm. the person that was able to do as much as they can was Trump. Because Trump is this guy that's not afraid to be the bad guy that doesn't necessarily play by the crowd's reaction. You know, like you do some shit and then you get in the hot seat and then you're like, all right, let me fall back. Trump yeah. is not that guy. Like For Trump sure. goes through it like just head first and gets that shit done. Trump was able to elect two Supreme Court ju- judges. I don't know. I was just eating spicy food. Two Supreme Court judges <laughs> in four years. Like, he has changed the landscape of everything, right? So I think job, for the most part, is done. The only thing left now, like him, he's changed immigration, he's changed healthcare, he's changed the, obviously, we were talking about the the Supreme Court judges. He's done all he has to do for mandem. And now it's just, that's it. Like, I think he's done, he's undone all the things Obama tried to do. Or yeah. put in place. So I think Trump has done what he set to do. Now, what it is now, we're going to learn how much they really have his back. Because the way the numbers are looking, if people keep voting how they should or how they're supposed to or whatever has been predicted, I think Mans is out of here. Now, if they have his back, he might find a way to get state. You know, and I think it's the Nigerian in me because I just feel like leaders are not gonna leave. But mm. I think I think he's done what he has to do, and I think they're just gonna be like, okay, this is as far as it goes. You're on your own once shit get real. Well, and you also have to remember the, the the Democrats boy boycotted the vote, right? So the fact that the Senate Judiciary Committee like voted to nominate her anyway, like she won she won by like what three votes. No, which is like obviously they know the tides are changing. Yeah, but I mean, I also read that Mitch Mitch McConnell, um, he he's very happy about this, obviously. But you know, think about the things that the Supreme Court is about to argue on in the next few months, right? The Affordable Care Act, um, a few immigration policies that Trump, the Trump administration, have put in place. Um, and some stuff about religious groups, right? So they're talking about like same-sex couples and discrimination against, uh, you know, things like that. Work discrimination at work. Like apparently, she said something in the past about 
the n-word being acceptable language at work or something like that like she said some problematic stuff that has that has been you know quoted by her that's exactly she she also used to work for the bush campaign i guess she helped to get bush um she worked on bush's campaign to help him win the election against gore so she has some history oh and that's that's what it is it's just like bush got patriot act right yeah and exactly. it was like something everyone's like, oh no, we don't want it, da 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 go away. But it's there. We're stuck with it. Worst part is they had a they had the black judge swear her in, Clarence Thomas. Yeah, he's I well, I don't like questioning anyone blackness, but his obviously we know what his views are. Correct. And we know his history. And he's Herman Cain, it's fine. Bruh. So <laughs> but I think Trump is pretty much, he's hit all the bases. Like, is there anything he said he'd ask out of the wall? Yeah, I mean, Trump also clearly likes uh, Ozark because Amy Barrett looks just like the the mom from Ozark. <laughs> right, there's the hints, <laughs> the hints in there. But, like, he didn't build the wall, but he fucked up immigration. Excuse my French. He, he messed up immigration so bad that it's basically got to keep built a wall. Yeah, jeez. And Mexicans and all of South America are paying for it. Not oh, well. financially, but just with the BS they gotta go through. Well, let's let's uh let's do the uh let's welcome uh our, our listeners before we continue to dive into the upcoming election and we can switch into yes. some of the other topics. Yes, um, yes, yes. So, yeah. Episode sixty four. We here. We out here, heavy. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Obviously, it's a pandemic. You know, everybody's Harlem shaking through the pressure. You know, bottles outside, you know, hugging people's, you know, children. Limits in contact. Shout out to all the people whose love language is physical touch. Stay strong, my people. Them. We out here. I'm here with you. We're all suffering. You know what I mean? It's That's not so easy. Funny. It's not. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. The contact It's just, you know, everybody you have to watch that hand soak, this, that, hand sanitizer, spray, you know. It's uh, not easy. Shout, so shout out to everybody that's, shout out to everyone that's social distancing, you know, being social, but also being distant, you know. Right. So everybody but Atlanta, <laughs> we're proud of you. Yo, Atlanta is literally its own world. People are just out, people are outside more, I feel like people are outside more now than before the pandemic even started. Outcast said ATLians and we didn't believe it, but now it's clear. <laughs> <laughs> These people are not from planet X. They're not even sorry, Miss Jackson. They're not sorry for nothing. No, no. That's way past sorry. <laughs> way past sorry, bro. Nah, but shout out to everybody else. Even well, Florida too. Florida is always Florida, so that's not shocking when Florida does Florida thing. The but fact Atlanta that is- the fact that Florida man is not even the biggest stories coming out of Florida anymore. In America, what is the biggest story? There's no people, biggest people story. walking into establishments and, and freaking out on, on on their servers for telling them to wear masks. No, none of that. Like the news cycle is insane. Yeah, absolutely nuts. It's absolutely insane. So your president pays seven fifty for taxes. I love how you keep calling him my president, like he doesn't live it. closer to you. That, he lives, he's from Florida now. I don't know did, he's like, I don't even know what to say. But no, did, but regardless. Did you or did you not have any sort of 
living experience in Florida? I've never set foot in that state, and I need you to respect me. <laughs> Word, you. you're gonna you're gonna pretend you don't have a Haitian twin now. Still, Bauer <laughs> has never set foot in the state of Florida. It's cool, you know. We, we be, you know. I understand. You don't be telling the truth, so it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Speak my truth, right? You, you, you never had a layover in Florida, Miami. Never. I swear to you. Ne- oh wow, interesting. No, no. If I'm in, if I'm traveling to American states, I, I don't like connecting flights. I've done it twice, and it's, I've regretted it both times. I'll pay. I think connecting <laughs> flights one time it was North Carolina when I was going to Texas. And another time, it might have been another city in Texas, too, while I was coming back to New York. Oh, see? Do you hear that, listeners? Two, it's two times, red states. Ah, uh, well, Houston, Houston is Houston, right? Houston is the 37th state in Nigeria. This is true. You're not, you're not lying about that. This is true. I keep telling Houston is the first place in America I've been to where I met somebody that can't speak correct English. Like, they only could speak pigeon. <laughs> I was Houston. stunned. Houston, yeah, Houston is, this is man literally little. It's, I would call it little Lagos, but it's it's literally big Lagos. No, it's big Lagos. Lagos is just learning walk. <laughs> Houston, Houston has graduated, done NYSC, and has been in the market for years now. Resume is jam packed. You meet somebody in Lagos, Whoa. like did you did you do youth service? Yeah, I did it in Houston. What? Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, well qualified. Which which camp were you posted? You know, uh, south side now, south side. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> wow. So funny. Now, Houston is um, definitely new, new and bigger and better Lagos. I don't even know how to describe it. But speaking of Houston, please, did, you, did, you hear, did you hear about the protests happening yeah. there? Yes. Um, I was just about to say shout out to all the cities, like all over the world, really. Because I'm not just going to say in American cities or state. Um, all over the world, the Nigerians and diaspora have shown out. And I'm sure it's just the beginning. But Nigerians and diaspora have shown out. And the one thing everyone knows is that Nigeria is the most populated country in the continent, and I've, which then makes it the biggest black country in the world. Yeah. But we have a whole lot of people outside that country. There are a whole lot of, like, Nigeria is overpopulated in certain cities and states, but there's a whole lot of people outside that country hustling, you know, making the best they can with whatever the situation is, wherever they are. And they're showing out. Like, we're seeing different countries having groups of people come out and protest and speak up and speak out against what's going on in the country. So mm. I'm very happy and very proud as someone that's done and saws now and has done bring back our girls and light up Nigeria, you know. Nigeria takes this grind, like it does this thing where it just like tries to just kill out your hope. But it's mm-hmm. so beautiful seeing this generation so excited, so hopeful, so energetic to get something done. And Generation Z, we talk about this a lot, like Generation Z does not give two shits about any and everyone. So they're going to find a way to do it. And they are like this government that is Nigeria does not know what they're dealing with yet. You know, obviously um, the, the protests are taking a step back in Lagos, but it's going on all over the country. And I'm sure it's going to find a way to reform itself into something even stronger, bigger, you know, bigger and better. So 
I'm very proud of what the people that are doing and the diaspora definitely has their back. It's been beautiful to see. Amen to that, brother. You you took the words right in my mouth. Um yeah, even the the, the, the protests in, in New York, I mean, just to to see how easy. Man, people came out. People came outside and uh, just hearing people be so emotional and, and, and vocal about what's going on back there. Um, I mean, on our timelines, both you and I have been very vocal and retweeting everything we see that's like spreading awareness about what's going on. Um, you see how the government in Nigeria essentially has started targeting the protesters from the protests, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's a bunch it's of people like, hiding. It's, it's, Sad. A formula. it's a formula we know they will do, you know? Yeah. But um, a lot of these people, it's back against the wall for them. So I think a lot of people are going to come out and continue to push the envelope and try to get things done. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, yeah, so, so speaking of the, the protests, uh, for those that haven't been keeping up with what's going on uh the yes. lucky massacre the lucky massacre right so a bunch of um footage has popped up on the timeline during the protests last week in, in lagos where you know armed soldiers and police is it armed soldiers and police or just armed soldiers open fire on what 10 to 15 people protesting mm-hmm. um they and then, been higher but yeah they said what? They saying casualties might have been higher because I haven't gotten a confirmed number yet. Mm, me either. That's why I wasn't sure if it was like ten or if it was twelve or if it was fifteen. Like they just they just said it was around ten to twenty people. That's what, that's what they said. Uh-huh. Did the did the government try to say that it didn't happen? Well, yeah, that's the conversation. I'm sorry. The conversation so far has was first, none of this is real. The video you saw were edited, photoshopped was what they try to run with. I, I think it was like one of the generals in the army try to say, you know, this was photoshopped, not real videos. Even though we saw a lot of it's still live. Um, shout out to, oh, I forgot the DJ's name now. I'm drawing a blank. You sent me her video as well. Um, but she DJ, was DJ Switch. DJ Switch was recording as well, um, showing what was going on. People getting shot, people dying. Right, I wasn't gonna watch it once I figured out the content. Um, mm. but they were saying all those things that people saw were just Photoshop. So conversation started on start. You know, people start talking and questioning. You know, the older Nigerians who aren't necessarily hip on social media are like, "Oh, this is fake." younger Nigerians who are on social media are trying to let people know that there's more to what, you know, more to whatever the government is trying to tell them. So that was the original dialogue. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I didn't even know how to even react to what I was seeing. So, um, yeah, it's, just, no, it's, it's, unf- it's unfortunate. It's and then seeing, and then seeing some who, uh, basically try to cover it up initially on the Nigerian news. What was it on Arise yes. or AIT or one of those news channels in Nigeria? Yeah, I think it was Arise that had that speech where he tried to deny there being any death from the situation. At first, because um, basically from switches live and the stories we, we've heard, people were peacefully protesting. Well, let's go back to his announcements because 
while people were protesting, he announces a curfew. Mm. I think it was for about 4 p.m. And if you've ever been to Lagos or you have Nigerian friends that have been to Lagos, whatever it is, one thing everyone complains about is traffic. Mm. So you can't announce a 4 p.m. curfew at noon or around noon and expect everyone to be home at a certain time. So that alone is a setup. So he announces it, and I guess, and he announces it on Twitter, which is very weird because everybody is on Twitter. You know, I don't know why Twitter suddenly become the official form of communication for everybody in Nigeria, but he announces on Twitter um, and says, go home, you know, or else you get arrested, da 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 da. So mm. people left, people stayed, whatever it is, that happened. And then he pushed the curfew, but supposedly about 7 p.m., the soldiers, uh, men in uniforms, because everyone's denying it, we're going to be alleged about it. But men mm. in uniform and all the uniforms came to the place. They turned the lights off. They took the cameras out the toll, because the toll obviously is the place where you'd have cameras as forms of, you know, as a needed security. So they took the cameras out, turned the lights off, so people were in the dark, seated, singing the anthem, seated, huddled together, you know, just being safe, because now nobody knows what's going on. Mm. And then, next thing you know, Army comes up and just starts shooting at people who sit it down. And that's, 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 yeah, that's, it's, like just saying it and just imagining being in a place, just, you know, being afraid or being just in a state of shock in this place where you guys are protesting, you know, feeling some kind of uniformity and unity going on there. And then your own army that's supposed to protect its citizens, go fight for you, you know, stand for your freedom, comes in and just starts shooting. So I, it's just, it just feels so... I, I surreal. I don't know what it is. Like this thing happened, and people lost lives, and then you have government trying to deny it, deny the fact that the army was there, then you know, just deny everything and make and just make the people speaking the truth seem like anti-government people or make them. I don't even know what the word they were. They were just using different words and just trying to paint those people as being against the government. So that was just the scene between the 20th and the 21st, because this happened on the 20th. And this is my view to taking this up with the higher command of the Nigerian Army and to seek the intervention of Mr. President in his capacity as a commander in chief to unravel the sequence of events that happened yesterday night. Fellow negotiants, once we pray for the swift recovery of the injured, we are comforted that we have not recorded any fatality as against the widespread circulation on social media. Nigeria itself not uh, not necessarily stepping forward and taking responsibility for the heinous move they made. It was hard to even figure out who's dead, who's missing, 
who's hospitalized, what exactly is going on. Because I'm sure some parents said yesterday, kids going out to protest, and next thing you know, you know, you hear there's a shooting in the space in which you went to pro uh, protest. Yeah. Absolutely right. Did you see the um when he when he backtracked and basically said a whole different he basically said the opposite of what he told the on, on, CNN, right? on CNN. Yeah, he completely flipped his narrative, which was completely nuts. But we have that too to play. Not anywhere there. Who ordered people to be shot and which branch of security services carried out the shootings? Well, I mean, from the footage that we could see, because there are cameras that are at that facility. Everyone, sit down, sit down. It, it seems to me that there will be um, men in military uniform, which will be Nigerian uh, army or something. So you're saying that it was military officers who ordered peaceful protesters that's, to be shot at Lekki Yeah, that's what Lekki the pictures, yes. They were there. That's what the footage, I mean, that's what it shows. Will that CCTV footage at the toll gate be part of the investigation that you have now called for? It will be. Certainly it will be. It will be. And it's starting on Monday. They're going to be all be available for, for the um, judicial panel to, to review. It will be. Do you commit to a full investigation of what happened on the ground? Absolutely. I do. And will people be held accountable? They certainly would. I mean, we'll do everything to ensure that they are held accountable. We'll do everything. It's a very simple question. Will they be held accountable? Well, I mean, to the extent that I'm not a commander-in-chief of the armed forces, I mean, I'm the governor of the state, right? The report will be out. We will channel the report to all the relevant authorities in the state to ensure that everyone that is found culpable is accountable for the act. It's 2017. They've been announcing that the, uh, the, the SARS unit has been disbanded. They announced in 2017, announced in 2018, announced in 2019. Now in 2020, they announced again. And they just think we're stupid because you're literally just renaming this unit and expecting us to say, oh, yay, wow, that's great. The SARS, or Special Anti-Robbery Squad, has been described as nothing but a money-making terror squad with no accountability. Random, I've heard it described as vicious, I've heard it described as wholly set on extortion. This criticism will not be new to you, and in the past, the government has promised to scrap the group on a number of occasions. Right, and I think we're now seeing man's is just a piece on a chessboard, you know? Yeah, like, for sure not saying he is without guilt and there's no blood on his hands but there's more there's more to meet's eye it feels like it feels like he's not the one in control of the of the army in the city and that call was made from somebody above him that he just does not want to fess up inside so mm. i think the pressure has to stay on like like somebody has to answer for this like lives Innocent lives were lost. Like, it's one thing where you're like, oh, criminals were killed, this, that, that, you know, whatever narrative they try to spin. But young lives, young innocent lives were lost. And it led as well to what it, what's going on now in Lagos where, you know, people are being attacked, where street boys are doing their thing, where there just seems to be no order in the city. All that leads to this. 
Yeah, this is so. a fact. It's 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 heartbreaking, bro. Man, it's it's been an overwhelming past few weeks, man. It's been overwhelming, but I'm 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 glad that you know the internet never forgets. Like a lot of these people that are having these, um, you know, if just think about how our parents' generation went through similar things like this, and they didn't have social media to document any of it. Like it's just they just have the memories and nothing else. But we're lucky because we are able to track everything. If it's Instagram right. post, if it's on Twitter, the minute that video is online, it is forever. No, it it's that's it, and nobody can tell you otherwise. And that's one thing with information back then and information now. You know, like a lot of the things you know, you know, are privileged information because of what your parents, you know, or your grandparents know firsthand. You know, and yeah. they share that with you, and you share that with your kids. And sometimes it's hard for others to believe because it's just trusted information, especially mm-hmm. when going against what they taught or against the grain. Because sometimes yeah. you would have told me things about the Yoruba culture that has, you know, I have never heard or I've heard otherwise. Yeah. And, and it's the same, like, thing, same thing about your know, culture, too. Yeah. So now you have to unlearn certain things to then now open yourself to believe in something else but now yeah. we have we have social media we're you know privileged hella privileged hella 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 privileged to be in new york and to begin this information about ninja that we love so dearly you know this is true like we have people our age people you know in the same market we are stressed going through saws on a daily basis you know so yeah. We're very, very privileged to take this information as we are taking it. You know, it's not, it's not something I like overlook. Like we're we're lucky to be able to do this, to love the country we love, to be able to help in whichever way we can, but still be dealing with it at a distance. You know, so Absolutely. I think all this, all this with information sharing, like it's a blessing to being this generation and not just question you know like not just look to the government or look to the powers that be for information you know it's 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 a huge thing like we were there you know you feel like you're there like you're hearing everything oh the ambulance yeah. is here the cops are here um you know the army just got here or this is what's happening in this city or state so it's amazing it's absolutely amazing and i think it's going to change the narrative right and i think the nigerian government hasn't really accounted for that they, you know, they're doing things the way they've done it throughout times, you know, like every single back and forth that's gone on in Nigeria, it's always been the narrative of the government, you know, the government comes out as the person, the peacemaker. Yeah. Oh, the people just kept them, you know, we took out the bad leaders and we kept them all. Oh, these people stood up and then we, you know, like even Fela's story, you know, thank God Fela was a person who made money from speaking his truth we wouldn't hear it the way it is. Like we wouldn't have his mom be the hero she is if Fela wasn't there to speak on her, speak on her being attacked and then killed by the government, you know? If it's not, if Fela wasn't there to tell a story, it's something else. And I think they want to do that again with Lucky and everything going on. And But obviously, these before they even get a chance to come up with some kind of scheme or story to change the narrative, we already know what's going on. Yeah. 
This is true. Did you also see the um the former governor of Lagos State? The guy that uh found a camcorder? Oh, your talented former governor. <laughs> he he won twice, by the way. He was the governor of Lagos State twice. So you, your people voted for him twice, you said? I first of all, you're first of all, Bao, you <laughs> lived you lived in Lagos. You you can't even you can't even throw that in my face. And, and to my knowledge, you were born there. I was in Lagos in his times. <laughs> exactly. So tell us how Nigeria was when, when Tunde right. Fashola was the governor of Lagos. Let's talk about uh, it. Go, go Fashola, a.k.a. Detective. <laughs> Inspector, Inspector Gadgets. How was it living in Lagos when he was governor? Damn, it's It's been a struggle since I was alive when I was alive in Lagos when Fala was alive. So the vibes are the same. Wow. So I remember watching Fela's funeral uh, on TV. Mm-hmm. I think I was in Badagri when that happened. I oh, definitely wow. remember watching. Yeah, it was the black president, the people's president, you know, because Fela had become stuck and was chilling and not bringing out the same content that was so anti-government. So, you know, there was a little bit of leeway. And, you know, by then they had painted him as the guy who was just smoking Igbo and had AIDS <clears throat> from the life he lived, you know. Yikes. Crazy, because yeah. Falas was hated. You know, nobody wanted to go to the shrine because you could be attacked. Um, nobody wanted, you know, you can tell your parents, like, nobody wants you at the shrine if you're young because it's Igbo, he's smoking and talking about so far, so far for world, like, don't go to church, don't go to, you know, like, all these things mm-hmm. and speaking about just the government as fools and talking about army being zombie, like, you can imagine how much hate he was getting. So it's always weird to me, like, the like you know who was anti, like, you can play for life for your parents and you know what kind of life they live. Yeah. Like if they were timid, if they were out there, if, you know, if they were outside. I think Fala is a good barometer of that. But um, no, Lagos, Lagos and its OG governors and a few other honorable people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. went to <laughs> went to Lucky to inspect, you know, just to see the scene, which makes no sense because it's mm-hmm. like none at all because they were in Abuja chilling. They were chilling. They was far away from everything. Yeah, and he's, he's, suddenly, he also works. He also works for the president now. So he was in Abuja. Um, he he is definitely part of the government now. Still, yeah, not he's now, the federal still. minister of like ministry. He's like the ministry. He's in, he's the minister of housing and works or something like that. Fam, you secure whoever he helped secure them votes. They gave that man a seat. So. Yes. But they all showed up supposedly to inspect. What I don't get is like it happened on the twentieth. I think they were inspecting two days ago. Um, mm-hmm. Place has been cleaned. Cops have ran through it. You know everything has happened since. There's no like they didn't go there to pay respects. You know like they didn't have a candle vigil. Like none of that was done. But your man is just you know strutting taking things in, looking down and up and left and right. And suddenly he sees a camcorder, which I don't even know who the hell is moving with that, but cool. 
he sees a camcorder and it's just chilling in good condition, no scratches, no marks, not even like the the lens cover is still on. And he's like, oh, look at this, look at that. He tries to grab it and they were like, wait, 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 don't grab it, bro. And he pulls out a he pulls out a handkerchief and then he wraps it. Like he's like he found evidence, like, yo, don't put your fingerprint on this joint. Like what like I don't even I don't even know what to say. The joke that I saw earlier today was George Eastman invented the Kodak camera in eighteen eighty five and my good mm-hmm. friend and brother Fashala discovered the strange camera in twenty twenty. Bro, he's a hard working talent the talent jumped out. <laughs> Uh, they are roasting him on Twitter. Hashtag Fashola Challenge. People are just looking around. And that's what I'm saying. This is the thing. Years ago, 30, 40 years ago, this would be, oh my God, what's, you know what I mean? This would be, everybody would be in beer parlors and corners and drinking pepper soup, wondering what's in that video. And they would have all the time in the world to paint it, put a fingerprint, you know, like tell us this is the fingerprint on it. But this is not that generation. And that's what I'm saying. They're playing with old rules. <laughs> Who are you? Like, nobody believes that camcoder, bro. Like, you wasted, like, whatever that plan was, you got to go for something else. Now, if you think the people on, on social media or maybe, you know, the WhatsApp group people that, you know, get forwarded videos, maybe that group. But you're not, nobody on Twitter believes that. Oh, this is the funniest thing ever. I'm looking at the the challenge videos. Mm-hmm. Some, this kid, right? some kid actually went to the exact place where Fashallah shot the video and put his shoe on top of the on top of the platform yeah, and did the, did the same thing. He was like, "Oh wow, I found something." Clicks, clicks, send me that. So good. Anybody that wants to laugh with us, just hashtag Fashallah challenge. Bro, that's for the jokes. He's they have no shame. These people have no, no shame. No. That's exactly no. what it is dealing with. What uh, else happened that we can talk about? Um, well, young Nigerians, well not even young, young, old, tall, short, whatever it is, broke into a warehouse and guess what they found? What did they find? Food. Um I guess it was mostly food, just food that was supposed to be given to them to help with the whole COVID situation. Oh, wow. Like a hoarded, like... Hoarded, brother. When I say hoarded, I'm talking about, like, enough to... You know how... I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know how people come from one town to another and just throw a parade and everybody eats and everybody take shit home to your kid that couldn't make it out because they're sick or your husband that was working in the farm. Like, they had yeah. enough to, like, change the whole atmosphere of a town. Yeah. So, it, and then, this happened in Lagos. Um, obviously, uh, the Abba's whole vicinity was ransacked. Oh, wait, this happened at the palace? This happened, at, it was a warehouse close to the palace. Oh, uh, wait, so they don't know if it was the actual connected to the Alba or not. They just know it's a warehouse. They, they're saying it is. Interesting. Yeah, they're That's saying very interesting. It is. It's insane what's going on. So that leads to other cities and state in um, Nigeria checking out other warehouses and finding out that them things are everywhere. 
Oh, so people are just you know? like hoarding. So is it the government that's just hoarding food from? Yeah, government from citizens. Is housed, you know, people in people in high positions are just hoarding needed, essential, you know, just essential items from citizens, and they've been running through them, getting food for themselves and the family. Somebody made, like, showed the this is how it began, and they were like in the warehouse and they show this is how it ended and it's like a bowl of indomie at home wow that's so fucked it's insane it's it's not it's not fair to the people that like live in those areas that don't have you know they're they're really trying to they're just trying to feed their family and they're not able to access food that's available to them it's i don't my shit is like I tweeted that I think these people keep the food and then give people during election, you know, to secure votes. So I'm not sure if that's the practice, but it's mm. just, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening that you vote people in as leaders and they just look down on you and try to take full blown advantage of everything you're about. Yeah, it's a little wild. Yeah, politics in Nigeria as a whole has to be rebranded. Like the elected officials, because I I don't know what what conversations happen in you know the good old boy circles that they have, because it ain't mm-hmm. it ain't about the people. It's really about securing your bread, flying your kid out to whatever country, buying them a mansion, you know, and then just living their life. Because this has nothing to do with people. Because the money they make. They have enough to give. Like you make so you getting paid. Like all these people, that's the above Lagos. I know his title and I don't even question it. But if you're involved in this warehouse, then it's insane because he is paid. Yeah, that's a fact. He gets money from the land. Money like money don't get made in Lagos without the above Lagos getting blessed. This is true. I mean above Lagos and the other the other guy that we're not gonna say his name. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. If you don't want to say it, <laughs> I mean, we, we could. We could if you want. I don't care. Jagaban. <laughs> yeah. That's your, your people that. No, these are the OGs. These are the underlords. These are the people that, you know, run the streets. Like, it goes whether you, sh- you want to shout out Msuolo or more, all these people. These are the people that are the OGs of the game. So at some point, you're making bread, you're making bank regardless yeah but you're still taking the little shit that you can give the people to feed them for x amount of days there's some there's a disconnect somewhere that i'm just not getting yeah i couldn't figure it out when i started seeing stuff like that on the time i was like why what is the motive you guys know my history like what billion is as well like my thing is re hoarding resource hoarding resource makes no sense Money is a resource. That's why I don't get the idea of billionaires being celebrated. You're hoarding this shit. Like, after a while, you cannot spend this bread, my G. You can't. Yeah, for those that don't know. Bawa Bawa hates billionaires. It's till the day I go, bro. Till the day I go. And that's what this is. And shout out to that billionaire who owns Facebook and Instagram that had their social network or their platform questioning uh, people posting images from Nigeria and flagging it as false information. 
don't know if you saw that um, when it was going down. No, I, I didn't. I, um, yeah, I, didn't like people, but I, I didn't initially, but then I started seeing it later. Yeah, people were posting images from Lucky, from the Lucky Massacre, and your post, if you posted on Instagram and Facebook, your post would get flagged as false information. So a lot of people were posting that, that, bloody, that bloody Nigerian flag. And if you posted about, oh, this is what's happening in Nigeria, da 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 you probably got your post flagged on Instagram. Did you let our, our family friends at that uh, establishment no, no. know what was going on? No, because I know that shit is, this is not the first time Facebook and Instagram has been blamed for stoking the flame, like for being a part of, of some kind of genocide or just the people being attacked by another group. It happens all the time. Facebook has a history of doing this shit, of being a part of the problem. And it's just, it's just not like Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg is a bully. Because when it comes to, okay, can you fact check what Trump says? He says no. I'm going to fact check the shit going on in Nigeria while people are getting killed. Like this yeah, is I what mean, I, mean, I, didn't know, I didn't. I didn't know that it was that that um that it was like oh, a yeah. platform level thing until until like today. No, I can send you links and I can send you shit in um the Asian countries that well Asian. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna find the link and I'm gonna send it to you. Man's platform has a history of basically being part of the problem. It it is not the first time it's happened. So when it was happening, I was in shock. Obviously, you know. People, brands like that want to be pro-government, so there are no restrictions for usage and no blocking because you want to make your money. But this was just, it was disgusting because the news could have flew, could have reached, went around the world a lot faster than it did. And at some point, we need to discuss that because he played a part in the way the news spread. Now, what do you think is going to happen? What's, what do you think is going to happen now that we're kind of aware that you know Facebook and other social media platforms have had a hand in some of this stuff? Um, well, first off, shout out to Twitter because Jack embraced the NTARS movement early. Um, bigged up the feminist code, bigged up their their way of um donating. So it's huge. But Facebook and Instagram is is Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. I think he bought Giphy or one of the Giphy platforms so it's huge i don't know like i i think that's something another platform is just gonna have to get big enough to take take um users away from them i really don't know how you stop facebook and instagram i don't think you do i i'm yeah like i'm, I'm not I'm, i don't know how like I'm, it's just not my forte i'm not into it that much to be like this is a how do you do it? Because the U.S. government obviously is going has been going back and forth with him, and he finds a way to sidestep it and just be innocent and be this man that's just the tech guy that's not even aware of certain damages he might, you know, his brand might be responsible for. Mm, for sure, it's a good it's point. Disgusting. Actually, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. For sure, and it stinks because there's a lot of people that I know that have been trying to help during the protest that 
you know, have been shadow banned or whatever. Like I know you you spoke to to someone in in, in you know that has been donating food to the protesters um, on the ground. Is he based yes. in America or is he based in Lagos? Yeah, he is. Um, he's in Massachusetts. I think Boston to be exact. I always try not to say the big city in the state because I feel like naturally my I just clock when someone says somewhere I'm like, yeah you're from here but um because whenever people say New York City I think the greatest place in New York City I'm like the Bronx you know so mm. it's the same for other places you don't have to address what's what's, what's 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 his, what's his name okay his name is Okwe <laughs> you're a hater I know but shout out to Okwe Okwe no, you're hating. You're hating on the big Bronx, and it's okay. I'm not hating on the um, big Bronx. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Did you send food to Lagos? I'm just saying, you know? Okay, no, no. Ooh, we'll, see, we'll, see, I'm just saying. Well, I dress him up, you know? You didn't, freeze, you didn't freeze dry the, the suya and send it to Lagos, you know? You I did not. The it's, free not dry about me. it's not about yeah. me. It's not Bronx to Lagos. It's straight Massachusetts. But no, um, Okwe is based in Massachusetts. Um. He's here for, I think, his, I, I, I feel like it's Masters. Um, but ran into his page on Twitter. He was sending food, sending in Asun to the people protesting in the mainland. He was saying, you know, the island has a lot of love. So mm -hmm. he was trying to get food to the mainland, get people excited and get Because, you know, you want to support the protesters any which way you can. And food being one of the biggest ways you can keep people there. Um, so I saw the pictures of what he was sending. So I reached out and told him I would love to help or support. I asked him how much it would cost. He broke down the numbers. So I put some money to the side and then I reached out to people through Twitter and Instagram. Sweet. Um, and we raised over a thousand dollars. I think it was like in three days, maybe which was amazing. amazing. Shout out to everybody. And one of the people that donated, I've yet to meet, but he's a listener of Nowahala. So oh, he sweet. just saw me like, yeah, I listened to Nowahala. I don't know if he wants his name out there, but I, he goes, I listened to Nowahala and see that you're doing something and I appreciate it. And he supported and he blessed us like a good amount too. So um, big up to you if you are listening to this episode. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and others I've been listening yeah, others listening donated as well. But it was just cool to, like, interact with someone that I've yet to meet. And we just had, you know, a common interest in helping out those back home. So um, that was big. But um, sent the money to Akbar. And um, he got food. Lagos, he got food to Onicha. Um, oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he says there's money left. And he's going to see how things are going. And then do you know, send the rest out. Amazing. Shout out to everybody yeah, so that's, uh, you know, doing doing what they can with, with the resources they have to help out people that are in need over there. So shout out to everybody involved. Um, do, did yeah. you actually, you spoke to him, right? I was about to say, we got some good news. I was able to get Okwe on the line um, and just get him to speak about it, tell us about himself. And we spoke about everything going on because this was um. I think a day or two right after the Lekki Massacre, so emotions were still high. Well, they still are, but it was really, really raw at that point. So it was just, it was a how are you feeling dialogue. I think we both just got shit off our chest as well. So it was a nice, short and sweet little conversation. And we're going to have that on the podcast for the people to listen to. Amazing. Let's, let's, uh, let's run that clip then. 
Cool. So yeah, this is Akbar that I was blessed to have a conversation with. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right. So I have Akbar on right now. Akbar, how are you feeling? I'm good. How are you? All right. All right. Just to do a quick introduction, I met Akbar through the best and the worst place to meet somebody, which is Twitter right now. Akbar was basically pressuring boys and girls, children of the Lord, with picture of food that he was sending to the protesters. And I was like, I have to reach out to see how I could help. So my first question is, how did you get involved with the protest from, because I know you say you're in the East Coast here in Massachusetts. How did you get involved with the protest? Yeah, so just um, just like to provide more context. So I, okay. I wasn't even going to, uh, you know, like sell, uh, to get food for people or to like share food with people. But for me, okay. as one in that, where like, I, you know, I'm really connected with back back home. I came, I came to the U.S. in 2016 uh, for my okay. MBA. And um, since then, I've been, you know, I've been closely, you know, like connected with everything going on. I still have like family and friends back home. So I kind of like knew exactly what was going on. And then when right. the NSAS protest started, uh, at first I, I just like sent, I sent money to, you know, to someone on ground. I was just like, hey, whatever you guys need, you know, just, you know, just take. But I, I, I then realized that, you know, the protest was definitely much more bigger than, you know, we had anticipated. I also mm. felt that uh, as someone, you know, back home here in Nigeria, like, you know, I can't be on ground to to walk on the streets with people to, you know, like to, you know, to physically protest. But the only thing I could do was to, um, you know, like support in any way from uh, any, any way I could. So, right. so, so what I did was I, you know, I didn't start saying, I just like tweeted it. I was like, wait, what can I use to encourage people? Since I'm not there on ground, like, let me, you know, like, let me just like get people to get food. So I just tweeted jokingly. I said, oh, maybe I'm just going to buy, you know, I first started with Shawarma. Then I said, okay, well, Nigeria's actually like Asun. So I'm going to get like, you know, like Asun is good. So I'm just going to get like Asun, you know, six goats for people. I know one goat is about 35 to 40 grand. And I'm like, you know, since this protests are going on anyway, I'm just going to buy six and donate it. You know, that's how we started. It started like as a joke, like, you know, and then, you know, of course, like I, I reached out to people. I was like, all right, if you know how to make, if you can do this for me quickly, you know, like do it. And then someone entered my gym and was like, actually make it 10. Another person told me, actually make it 20. You know, and I was like, oh, wait, like, uh, this is the thing, like a lot of people um, in diaspora are really interested in, you know, helping in the way they could, in the way they can. And then I yes. just took on the initiative and I was like, you know what, uh, not only are we going to look at, um, you know, like, you know, not in Lagos alone, but we started distributing to, you know, like the southeast, eastern part of Nigeria as well. We shared to Anisha, Enigo and all these places, you know, wow. just like encouraging people uh, to do that. Thanks to people like you. Uh, who also, like, you know, helped us, like, push. We still have, you know, like, some money left that, you know, we don't know what's what next for the protest right now, but, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, like, divert it to family school if we're not able to, you know, like, complete, you know, what our mission is for the people. But, you know, of course, there's all this transparency, you know, around things like that. But that's, um, you know, like, that's really, you know, where it started. Uh, as someone, like, you know, who genuinely cares about, you know, like, the country and the continent as a whole, I felt right. like... 
you know, I needed to use my skill set. So not not just did I use, you know, like get people to get money. I'm also a chartered accountant. So I'm actually auditing uh, feminist score. I'm sure you've also heard about like the feminist score as well. So I'm using yes. my skill. Uh, even if I'm not present, I'm using my skill to help, you know, like push the initiative in the best way I can. You know, as not being physically present, being able to, you know, like just contribute something uh, in, you know, using my time and resources to, you know, like to help drive the goal forward. No, that is that is absolutely huge. I think um, that's if we were to ask a lot of the diaspora Nigerians involved, but I feel like everyone is just looking for where they fit in. Um, I think obviously you coming here for an MBA and a lot of us, you know, leaving the country for, you know, just greener pastures. The idea has always been like, how can we help give back and it's it's just similar everywhere. I know there are people in New York now marching. There was a march yesterday. There are people donating from all over the world. And people are just interested in how they could give back and see how they could help. So I'd love to hear things like that. When I re- um, found out about your page, I, you know, I'm going through your t- tweets, going through people's responses just to make sure that if I'm giving money to something or someone, you know, somebody involved, and, with, you know, genuinely involved with it because... It's hard to get money to Nigeria now with the government restricting certain transactions. So I know, obviously, Feminist Call has moved things to Bitcoin, which is huge, you know, which is something like, you know, it just shows the generation we're in where it's like we can quickly adapt and find ways to create solutions. You know, you saying you're helping with accounting um, for Feminist Call, it just shows where the diaspora can be of help and give back to the country that has given us all so much. So I find that interesting. But how would you say the people on the ground, like what's the energy now? Because obviously Buhari just gave, I don't know if you want to call it a speech, or quick spat, whatever you want to call it. And where he quote unquote addressed the nation. Um, what's What do you think people are feeling back home? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think... I think at at the start of last week, uh, okay. we had we had this drive, we had this energy. Everyone was filled with like hope, and you know we you know we just felt like you know we were getting somewhere. You we could feel it. We could feel you know like what we're doing. It was a you know being a peaceful protest. And you know as you all know like. The only reason why people like us, uh, you and I, are getting behind things like this is because we knew it was peaceful. We knew it was, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't to hurt anyone. Time. We knew, you know, it was just for us to be on the street and to be able to get our voices heard. Like, that's all we're doing. You know, so right. there was that that hope uh, that, you know, that for me, I felt, and I felt so much energy. I took the whole of last week off work to fully yeah. concentrate on the work. People like you, everybody, like my friends, that's where I actually, like, have given responsibility that they, they've given, like, for us to be able to, you know, like, help push the work that we're doing forward. Uh, but, you know, and then... All of a sudden, on the 20th of October, a day we'll never forget, like Tuesday this week, it became, you know, even more violent. We had, like, military on the street, turning off the lights, and then, like, shooting and killing people. And, um, you know, those type of things just, like, it just escalated uh, so quickly, and then they, they coughed and started. So the, the truth is, like, for me, that hope that the way I had that hope at the start of last week, as it has dropped, it has, you know, I feel a little bit um, uh, confused. I feel a little bit like let down by, again, the same political class 
that we, you know, that we're, we had hopes that they would, you know, like help us and, you know, push Nigeria to a better place. And, um, and now, like the president, you know, to the question you asked, the president now, you know, I, I read the statement. I didn't, I didn't even watch it live. I read the statement to just understand what, and it was, it said a lot, but he said nothing. He didn't acknowledge the people that were, that died. He didn't, you know, he was talking about neighboring countries and what they are saying and not, you know, not even focusing on, you know, saying, mentioning the people, the Nigerians that have died, you know, like talking about Nigerians. Instead, he gave us a, a, a speech that, you know, no one, it's, it's like, it shows that he's not, there's no human side to him. You know, that's for right. me. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Because if people are dying as a result of the protest, like as a president, like it's your job to, you know, go visit their families. Like it's your job to go, you know, like make sure that everyone is okay. But instead, he's talking about like the August Palace, that, you know, like the things that, you know, like we're not talking about, we're talking about loss of life here, not loss of property. Like he's not acknowledging that. And that for me, it's, it's just like it dampens my hope because. For me, it means one thing. One, it's that um, the president is not listening or the people around him are actually not telling him or they're not giving him the right advice. Like, his, his senior advisors are not saying the right, uh, the right thing to him. That's why they will prepare a speech like that, that, you know, that lacks empathy, that doesn't even sympathize with people who have lost people, um, uh, family and friends. And, you know, for me, it just leaves me in a place where, you know, confused, uh, mix of emotions, like sadness, uh, confusion, uh, grief, I, uh, you know? You I, know I, feel, I, feel, I feel that way, and I also feel like a lot from the past now makes more sense. I don't know, because obviously when you grow up in Nigeria, you don't learn about Nigeria until you leave Nigeria, right? Like, our history books don't have Nigerian history. Like, it's more of a British, you know, facade or filter to what exactly happened and in seeing this and seeing deaths be ignored and seeing families losing lives and the president just you know covering it up so i think it makes a lot more sense with everything that has happened with all the riots and protests the war that has happened in nigerian history i think we see this with the tactics that happen so i think it makes a lot more sense but the one thing that excites me is this generation doesn't necessarily operate the way previous generations have you know, whether it be being respectful or doing things a certain way or just the access to technology, because they were talking about the Instagram live being edited. They were talking about nobody died. But yet the president is saying lives were lost. And like you said, they focus on property, you know, just like the royal family and their their concerns more than the lives of the fact that people are, you know, living way below the line of poverty. So I think everybody involved is starting to see what exactly the government cares about. They care about how the world sees them, because obviously that was what was addressed, celebrities or um, the Africans and abroad, or maybe even just other leaders in other countries. So I think we're obviously, it's going to get worse because the government has a stranglehold and Things work for them when things aren't working for the country. I think it's very clear, you know, when there's no accountability, there's no accounting being done, where money can just disappear, where snakes can come out of nowhere and take money, then all these things work in their favor. But I still feel like there is going to be that space where we rest, we recover, and we go back. And I think that's where we are because 
the whether it be the military or the thugs in the street, they've obviously now inserted themselves in this movement. So I think people now have to figure out more ways outside of Lagos, especially to make these things happen. Because I Lagos is has a big attention. But I think you, yeah. you said you spoke about Enugu, you spoke about Nisha. I think these places where other things are going on can also be representative of the Nigerian plight outside of Lagos. Because I feel like Lagos is that city that the government has to put its foot down and not let much happen. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I agree with, with, with you on that. I'm just, I'm just really, really just frustrated, you know, like, I'm, yeah, I'm angry. I'm, you know, just a mix of emotions for me right now. You know, when, yeah. when we decided that we're going to have this conversation today, I was like, you know, the energy, the enthusiasm we had, you just think about the first time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, look at the difference between, you know, the situation of things then. Like, there were no lights. I, like, like, I think 48 hours. 48 hours. Yeah, like... Right like, before yeah. the Likini massacre. Like, there was, there was no... There was there were no lives lost. Like, we were, you know, we were just, like, pushing, trying to, you know, like, get them to listen to us for a better reform, for a better change. And all of a sudden, that we start having military personnel on the streets of Lagos. Like, you know, like, that's not okay. That's, um, you know, that's not the Nigeria where we hope for. That's not the Nigeria we, you know, we, we anticipated. That's not the, you know, like, that's not the Nigeria we want to go back to. Like, majority of us, like, here really but this is not home um like that's the truth like we're here to get an experience for greener pastures but like this is not home home is still nigeria like home is white that's why we're passionate about everything that's happening there back in you know as much as we say oh we're we're out like we're not like you know we're not um like those issues are not don't concern us you know like we still do care because we know that like that's home that's where we want to come back that's where we want to like you know that's where we'd rather be you know and you know, like this, that's why you know for us, like those that opportunity, like this. This is why I feel like, you know, to your point about maybe this is just for us to recharge and come back. I really hope um, we don't, you know, we don't go back to life as like normal and pretend as if nothing happened. I really hope that the the governor, the government, are able to, you know, be accountable to the people. I really hope they'll be able to acknowledge uh, the lives of people lost and they're able to actually bring about the reform. Uh, within the police force and even in governance in general that we we, we actually do care about. Uh, there's a lot of hoping, but I feel like there's more work on our part than than okay. we know because even the likes of Feminist Co, I'm sure they didn't ever see this coming, you know, from no ambulances to sending, you know, security to different cities and states across the country of Nigeria. Like it's it's a lot of work that has to be done. And I think it's a lot deep rooted than we think, you know, like there's so much made by Nigerian leaders, by European and American countries being involved, whether it be the oil or other trades that go on. So but I think a lot of a lot of youths are just asking the country to just get out of our way. Not necessarily like keep making your money, but at least give us an opportunity to make ours. Because a lot of this yeah. youth were being targeted just for having computers, for having cell phones, for wearing clothes that, you know, make them look sensible. So it's just like they're not giving them opportunities. And when they seem to create opportunities, Nigerians also seem to like stop that stop that from happening. So it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to digest, like you said, like 
72 hours ago, we were all so excited. We're, you know, we were going to have a different conversation about how this was going, how the food was doing, how the, you know, the reaction to it. But it's just, we're in a different space now, you know, like lives have been lost. Um, lives that were lost are not being even like there's no respect being given to the lives lost. Um, I remember what, I don't know if you saw the tweet about the young man that died three hours after he tweeted Nigeria will yeah, not end me. I, I did. That broke me. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's like certain things just remind you of how close this shit is to every single person walking the streets of Lagos and Nigeria as a whole. So it's, it's you know, depressing. That guy actually had an interview yesterday. Um, he had an wow. interview yesterday. It was postponed because of the, um, you know, because of the protest. And, mm. you know, they were going to have it in, in two weeks or so. I read somewhere that they pushed the interview for, like, not knowing that, you know, he was going to lose his life. This guy is, you know, he's, he's like someone like you and I. He's a design, uh, product designer. Like, he's, you know, he's... His, his life just cut short because of what? Because of, you know, because we're basically asking for reform. Like, we're basically, like, you know, just asking for things, you know, that we, that is within our rights to do, not... Uh, this is just insane. Like, you know, every time I think about that guy, uh, you know, I think about yeah, also, like, the same with the other lives. Like, the other guy, the other day, Jimmy, Jimmo is here. You know, there's a picture of Jimo Isiak when before he was shot. This guy was just standing in front of his house. You know, he was looking at the people protesting. He wasn't even protesting. He was looking at them. He wasn't even part of the people protesting. And then straight bullets hit him, and we lost him. You know, you know things like that are just not okay. They are not acceptable. We are complaining against police brutality. We are, we are. We're protesting against it, and you're exactly using the same thing. We're, you know, we're 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 protesting against. You're using a, like how ironic is that? That like the one time you should actually sit to listen is when you actually pull the trigger again um, and use the same people that we are complaining about. Like you know, like that for me is just not okay. There's just so much to be done, and you know. For us, is one thing I'll just say is we have to keep our keep, keep the faith. We have to keep um, hope, keep the hope alive. Um, like you know, it begins with you and I. It, you know, it's it's you and I. You know, like keep driving and people like us. You know, continue to you know ignite the fire and keeping the because we know we can easily have said we want to just like you know keep quiet, sit back. You know, we we're not affected, but you know we know that you know whatever happens home, you know it still comes back to us. It's about us as well. No, so, definitely, definitely, yeah. we're all connected. We're all con- and everyone has a role to play. Um, Afka Abudu, uh, the ladies might not be on the front line, but they're just as useful as those on the front line. And we might not be in Nigeria, but we're doing our part. You know. Everybody has a role to play. Even my parents, I had to let my parents know, any tight money you guys get, I'm collecting it and we're sending it to Nigeria to help somehow because the churches don't need the money like the youth in Nigeria do, you know? So we all have to do our part. We all have to figure something out to help. And I personally, I just, I wanted this call, obviously, to thank you for what you're doing and also to see, to highlighted a bit just so we can help but i'm sure we're all waiting to see the next wave to see how we can be a part of it whichever way the youths decide i'm sure the diaspora is behind them but i first you know i wanted to thank you obviously for taking initiative and i didn't even know you were part of helping out the feminist cause so we appreciate all that you're doing from noah 
And I know the listeners, because yeah. a bunch of listeners have reached out. Someone even donated part of the money I sent to you. So um, yeah. we definitely do appreciate it. And I try to update everyone when I send you money. And obviously, please, if you guys want to help, um, you can reach out to Okbear on is Twitter only or are you on Instagram as well? Yeah, it's the same. My my handle is the same as my Twitter, um, Optics Baba. That's like so the it's same thing on Instagram as well. O-P-T-I-X-B-A-B-A on Twitter and on Instagram. Please reach out. Um, obviously, keep things on the wraps because the government is always trying to stop anything progressive and yeah. label it anti-Nigeria. So, um, but now, Akbar, we really, really appreciate what you've done. And shout out to you and your team. And Big ups to Feminist Co. Obviously, we'll speak about them more in the podcast, but we wanted you here just to appreciate you and thank you for what you're doing. Thanks. Uh, I think one last thing I was just going to say Please. before leaving um, is that, I, I mean, to everyone listening, to everyone who, you know, like, you know, listens to this, I just want to say, don't ever feel like you don't have a role to play. Uh, don't ever feel like you cannot help in any way. Um, literally, uh, as of last week, all I was doing was, you know, like helping just like send foods to areas that are not getting as much uh, traction. So, for example, like in Lagos, like, I was sending stuff to the mainland instead of the island. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sending stuff to the southeast instead of like the regular cities of Abuja, um, Portugal. Mm-hmm. I was sending stuff to like, you know, the places where I feel like we need to make sure like this Very is not... Yeah, you know, to get those those attention. So that's so so that's that's what I was doing last week. But then I realized I could I needed to do more. So when someone tweeted and said, "Oh, feminist school, you people need to, um, you people need to give us transparency of how you're spending this money," I was like, you know what? I'm a channel accountant. Like a group of us just put ourselves together and we're like, you know what? Let's audit feminist school so that people would, you know, like let's put our skills to use. So I think the point I'm making here is. There's a role for everyone to play. Trust me, there's, when you think deeply about it, there's a place you can plug in. You know, not just like in your finances, of course, like that's important, but also like in your, in your personal life, when you think about your day-to-day, like when you think about what you do. Like today people ask me, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm not doing okay at work. I told all my friends at work, like for them to understand what's going on in Nigeria, like let everyone go read up, let everyone, you know. So there are things, there are places we can plug in you know, there's a friend of mine who is offering um, mental health um, sessions for people post the protest because he's taking a mental toll on people. And, you know, she's a doctor. She's a, uh, she's a psychologist, I think. Like, so she's, you know, she, she's like, look, this, that's, the way, that's the one way I can, you know, use my, you know, my experience, my expertise to help, you know, like the cause. So, you know, whatever it is that you find that you, you do or you can do or like if you think deeply about it, there's an opportunity for us um, collectively um, to, you know, to bring our knowledge that we've gained, that, we, that we have from here, like our expertise, you know, everything that we can bring to, to the table, like there's an opportunity for us to bring it to the table collectively. We can actually do much more. Uh, that's like the one thing I, I was just going to add to, you know, to what you said. I really appreciate that. And I think, like you said, everybody just whatever it is you're, you know, you feel comfortable in doing, you can help. There are people 
graphic, doing graphic design and spreading the word and leaving exactly. a lot more than reaching our attention. Like, look at you, you're using your platform to amplify this. Like, those are the things that we want. Like, we want everyone to use, you know, anything, everything. Like, trust me, it goes a long way. You know, the more people understand what's going on, the more we put our heads together to actually solve the problem in Nigeria and even on the continent as a whole, like, the better it becomes for us. You know, no, that's, that's you know, my perspective. Definitely, I 100% agree with you, but thank you so, so much, my brother. We'll definitely, thank you know, you be in contact and we'll try to get more going once we figure out how things are going, but I'm happy to hear a lot of people donated. I'm happy to hear there's money still left to help out, but we'll see yeah. as, you know, as the things go, what the government is making moves towards and how the protesters and everybody involved is going to react. So thank you so much, Akbar. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. All right, boss. Take care. Bye. Boom. That that was that was dope. I'm glad uh shout out to Akbar again. Like that was nice to yes. be able to hear from someone. You know, that's that's been yeah. actively Thanks again, bro. Yeah, I think um we all need to do our part in the diaspora. Like you said, he was been active from where he is and helping out and obviously put his prints on the part uh, the protest the way he can. And also spoke about accounting for feminist co, which um caught me off guard. Like he was actually helping them with their numbers so they could be as, you know, um be oh, why can't I get the word out? Um, but they should just be as visible to everyone as clear to everyone on what they're doing with their expenses and how much you're making. So the fact that he was like, Oh, I'm an accountant, this is what the trade I'm good at, reach out to feminist co. They were comfortable with it, and he helped them, you know, balance their books and get the numbers out to everybody. So, shout out to Akbar for all he's done for the movement. Word, 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 word. Yeah, man. Word. All right. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about before we go into the songs of the week? Ah. Uh... Yes, um, I know you uh, had wanted to address Falls' father. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, for most of the people that listen to our podcast, I'm sure they're aware of Falls, the rapper um, slash actor slash activist slash lawyer. Um, but a lot of people don't know that his father is actually the OG lawyer. He's like the Johnny Cochran of Nigeria. And um, his father, Femi Falana, uh, went on TV to talk about Nigerians and the protests and how most Nigerians, you know, don't understand the Constitution. And, you know, if, the, you know, a lot of Nigerians talk about fighting for human rights, but the average Nigerian has never read the Nigerian Constitution. And he made a great point. So um, I'm just like, let the, let this clip run and shout outs to Donawan, you know, Donawan shared it on his timeline. I thought it was uh, very uh, necessary and, and uh, applicable for our listeners uh, to to kind of see what the the consensus is on this. So I'm on this clip now. You watched it, right, Bow? Yes, yes. Man, man knows what he's talking about. That's all I'm gonna say. Man, how can you hold indomie? This is intolerable. <laughs> And so our government will have to apologize to the Nigerian people. That women, you see the crowd in girls. I was worried. How are we going to avoid stampede? 
and stampede has happened in some places, lives have been lost needlessly. But, but let me just say something. While I sympathize with those who have lost goods, while I sympathize with families that have lost their loved ones, we must make a case out of what has happened. And I want to say this. And I'm talking about our law, the development of our law. Those who have lost goods, those who have lost properties that were not insured, should put sentiments apart. Who say because the government in Abuja, you know, it's our government, it's our party that is ruling the country. No, 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 no. The law has left that state. Every Nigerian is entitled to protection of his or her life and property. That's the law. Once too negligence, too lack of proper policing, you lose your properties, the government must pay. Not, I'm not talking of humanitarian assistance. As a matter of law, if anybody dies in the process, the family members have the right to make a claim. And we have cases where this has been decided by our courts. So let nobody in Abuja say, oh, this is, uh, uh, you know, these properties were destroyed by good luck. It will never happen again. No, 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 no. You have a duty to compensate those who have lost their properties. You have a duty to compensate those who have lost their breadwinners or potential breadwinners. That is the position of the law. So that next time, the government will have to take measures to prevent this kind of... Uh, uh, okay. Yep. Well, not, not much needs to be said on that. We 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 know we know what that that is, and uh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, I I think the major shift is happening. I just don't you know how I don't know how long it's gonna take, but I think the average Nigerian wants more from their government, and they just don't know how to work for the people. Yeah. So things are. I mean, it's like. You tell somebody they're doing a bad job and their reaction to it is doing just a worse job. You know, like, hey, man, I want you to keep this job. If you could just come to work early, you know, and just do this. And they just keep coming to work late. Like, that's literally, literally where, where we are. So, but I think we have to educate ourselves. And the conversation our father's father had lets you know there are people who know what they're talking about and who are willing to teach. And we have to put those mm. people in the right spaces to help us, not those who just are looking to get paid and wear correct two-piece or wear a gbada that's well-starched. And we have to, like, why are, we, why are we gassing the OGs and the underlords of cities and states that aren't doing well? Like, what are we proud that they've done for us? You know, yeah, what, do we get, what did we hype in before? Like, Oh, you run Lagos or oh, you run anybody on this, whatever it is. Show us, you know, what I mean, like, where would we be yeah. without you? Because look at where we are with you. Like, how much worse can shit get? So sad, absolutely sad. I agree. Ah, it's disgusting. It is very disgusting. All right, is there anything else we, we need to? Um, before we wrap up, I actually well, think it's a, it's a good it's a good idea that we're like keeping these episodes 
shorter than normal because the feedback we've been getting for a long time is that our episodes are too long. Da, 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 da. So I think uh, it's good that we're like running through Listen, topics and kind of to getting them. to the meat. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I think to lead into music, I just want to shout out her. I'm, I think I'm going to pick out her song because um, she showed love for SNL. Um, oh, yeah. She her, her band. Yeah, yeah, she had her band members wear the NSAR shirt. And um, that's absolutely dope. Um, and a young lady on on Twitter had spoke about how her and her management team had asked, how can we help? And I'm guessing the feedback they gave was just, you know, getting the word out there. So her represented us. And um, on Saturday Night Live, which is really, really dope. And I'm not big on begging celebs to show any kind of love because I'm not sure. The type of people we have running the country don't give two shits. You know, I need you to understand this. So, but awareness, just raising awareness and letting the people in Nigeria also know that we're with them and we stand with them and we support what it is they're doing. I think it goes a long way. So shout out to everyone doing it. I just think we need to fall back on pressing people to do it. You know, yeah. like if they do, they can. Yes, we can educate others and get them involved, but it's it's tiring. Please leave these people alone. If they want to do it, they'll do it. If they don't, they don't. It's just what it is. You can't bully somebody into caring about something. You can they can fake care it, and when they do, you guys are just gonna get upset anyway. So. Let it happen naturally, but shout-outs to her. Shout-outs to her. And uh, shout-outs to Dimples. I know Dimples... Um, yes, Dimples uh, was the young lady I was trying to remember. Yeah, Dim- Dimples definitely had a, uh, has had a hand in getting a lot of um, you know, artists that, uh, that we know to, to, to raise uh, awareness through their social platforms and get people active and, and, and uh, sharing their solidarity with uh, the, just the people of Nigeria that are going through the police, police brutality right now. So shout outs to her and, and others like her who are in the States or in the UK or in France or in Amsterdam or, you know, just in the diaspora that are just raising awareness for what's happening. Um, yeah, that's really dope. Really dope to see uh, her and her band on uh, on the, a platform like SNL raising awareness. Really, really dope. Um, so uh, you, are you going with the Her song this week? The Wiz and Her song. Oh, Smile. Yes. Did you pick that before? I did, but ain't nothing wrong with you know, picking it again. No, because I, I want to show love to her. I, I I think it was the way she supported was really cool and felt genuine. So I would love to do that. So I was going to pick that, but I think you picked it already. So maybe I'll I pick did, it up. But, you know. Let's see. Does she has she? Let's see if she's put out. Um, now she has she has a few uh, songs that are that are recent. recent. Yeah. yeah. Well, focus. She has a, she has a song. Um, she has a song with Janae Aiko. Yeah. I was about to say I should pick the Janae Aiko song because you know Janae is also showing love to us, and um, Big Sean yeah, has, has been repping the fact that he has ninja blood in him. So we'll go with that. We'll show some love to Chenaiko featuring her. The song is called BS. Yeah. Yeah. 
few weeks it's you know passively i i really like fireboy i'm a really big fan of his music and oh yeah yeah his 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 last project is is just really really dope apollo's really dope um that's the fireboy because he um his first well i guess his first big song jealous he makes reference to the uh, Ghanaian language and being the Ghanaian man that i am it was dope no, I felt seen. I felt represented because I'm getting addicted. Or, or, 
Man, mm, yeah. hey, I was like, as a Ghanaian man, that's dope. You keep claiming, <laughs> you keep sir, claiming, sir, I can't, please, I can't like, I beg, I beg, I beg, okay. I beg, I beg, I beg. Stop keeping account of you. Stop keeping account of how many times I rep I can. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe it. Abdu- my 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 Ghana pass has been stamped, my brother. Abdul cannot do anything about it. You know that. He <laughs> beatings, my brother. I'm good in the streets. Boys are brave. I get it. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I'm gonna go with spell because they're both super fire. Like one day call on spell. Spell is fuego. Yeah. Well, one day call. We know that. And shout out to him again for having um D Smoke on a song. But yeah. I agree. I'm going with Fireboy Spell featuring one day call. Mufasa, Papa Simba, Omusei, Alomusod, Ojagataka, Patakata, Obalaka, Alopalaka. Yeah. 
yeah, so that was it. Yeah, I think it's a great selection. How do you feel? Um, I yeah, I agree. I think your your song selection, the Janae, her record was was smart. Um, it was it was a uh, relatable, and um, you know, whichever Fire Boy song I decided to pick. <laughs> both applicable um yeah man uh so those are our songs of the week uh yes, how, do you, how do you how do you plan on spending the rest of your week voting early um i posted it on instagram if anybody wants to come and stand online for me i'll pay you we'll figure something out because these lines look with us but we got to do our civic duty I'm not looking forward to standing online to go vote for an old white man, but it is what it is. Um, if somebody wants to stand online for me, please reach out. We'll, I'll pay you in Suya. We'll figure something out. <laughs> and then if you want, if you, you know, I'll let you pick the local judge I vote for. You know, I give back. <laughs> I'm not a taker. Um, and what else? What else? I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's about it. I'm just I'm looking forward to voting early, just getting it out the way. And we'll sign all the way till November 3rd because I'm not excited. But we're going we move, we move regardless. But absolutely, you, uh, as for me, I'm gonna spend some time with the fam. You know, mess, you know, there's been some additions to the family, so. Yes, you yes. Spend time with Uncle T. You know, gotta spend time with the family. Let them know that I'm around. I gotta go vote. So I'm gonna go to Connecticut. I'm gonna do the voting thing. And then, um, once once I'm done with all that, I guess I'm just gonna prepare for Thanksgiving. Even though Thanksgiving's a month out, but you gotta start prepping for that now. You gotta start, like decide where you're gonna go. You gotta talk to certain family members and figure out if you're gonna eat turkey or if you're gonna go to the person's house that doesn't cook well. You know, you gotta figure all mm -hmm. these things out now. Mm -hmm. Very important. You know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Have you decided yet? Um, nada. I think it'll just be chill shit. I don't, you know, I mean, what's there to really do? But I guess we have something there going well. But, you know, I feel like big meals, we got to fall back from big meals for a little bit. Can be having everybody's hand and feet and all that shit over the table. Word. Did I tell you about the girl that spat in my drink? Wait, what? I had a very... No. I don't know if she's going to listen to this podcast. A girl spat in your drink? What did you do? First question, what did you do that she spat in your drink? Nada. So I'm minding my business. Um, And then, how did it go now? She's chopping it up. We're talking. I guess she spits when she talks, right? Yikes. And all I know is I'm talking to her, you know, obviously I'm taller than the average person. So she's closer to my arm and she talks, whatever. But um, I feel saliva on my hands, like the hand holding the drink. So I just, you know, started bugging out because if you're spitting and talking and one drop hits my, like my hand, then I know my drink is contaminated and it's wrong. See, not, this is not nothing you play with. Yes, I know alcohol kills germs and shit, but we're just not going to do all that. We're not going to find out. So I had to give up the drink. But uh, before I made it to the bartender to have her throw it away, I was just bugging out the whole time. Like, God, God, please, 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 right? I don't want to catch anything. 
you know, who sent me a message to come to a party for my friends. But we are here, no symptoms, weeks later. This is scary. It was a scary moment, but I'm happy I'm, I'm here. Grateful. I'm grateful that you survived. I had no idea that that happened to you, and I'm sorry for a traumatic experience. No, I honestly no. would have freaked the fuck out. I'm not playing no, no games with nobody out here. My bo- it was a chemical attack. <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> we're here to Too testify. Funny. You know what I mean? The it's Lord tests really can testify. So yeah, that was my scary story. But um, yeah, I think um, if you can vote early, vote. If you're voting on time, please vote. Exercise your right. I um, I can't tell you who to vote for, but at least vote. You know, vote with sense. And, I don't even uh, know who you're voting for because you're like voting for the right guy. So it's fine. Wow. Wow. You do, bro. You spend more time in Texas than anybody I know. That's fine. When was the last time you were in a red state? Uh, I couldn't tell you because I haven't really been uh, in any okay. of the states yeah, outside okay. of New York and Connecticut, but it's cool. All right, cool. That's <laughs> Two cool, blue states, you know. Just <laughs> blue. like the blue. Blue states. Big vibes. Fuck with the blue. <laughs> I like, like the blue over here. I hear you. I hear you, gang member. But um, no, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, hopefully, we record one more time. We should record one more time. Well, I'm not sure. We're going to record one more time. I think we might record right after election day. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, we might record right after election day. Hopefully, hopefully we have good reason to. Bro, it's going to be an interesting podcast one way or the other. I can tell you that much. Reactions. Reactions will be had. But yes, I appreciate you people. Um... Vote early if you can. Just vote. If you can't vote, you know, convince the people around you to vote. And um, we'll see you guys on the other side, literally. It's a whole different world, whichever way it goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody behave. Stay safe. Thank you for supporting. And definitely spread awareness about what's happening across Africa, not just in Nigeria, because atrocities are happening across the continent. Zambia, Congo. Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, Cameroon, Namibia, Liberia. These things are happening. Please look up what's happening. Yeah, Ghana as well. Um, I mean, I I read something about Colton mines and the Congo. Yes, Congo is a huge, huge, huge thing. Gender rights across the continent. So everybody just needs to be more aware of what's happening on the continent because you know mm-hmm. our brothers yeah, and sisters are going you through. can literally name any country in the continent right now there's something you know south yeah. africa included Cote d'Ivoire. um it's it's a lot so but we stay strong um and we continue to you know have these people on our thoughts and you can be here and still be of help but you just got to do your research and find out how to support so Agreed. keep doing what you're doing and stay blessed people Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening to episode uh, 64. We haven't thought of a cool title for this episode yet, but I'm sure we'll think of something by the time this goes up. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> nah, there's so many things going on. We don't know which way to go about it. No, but we'll figure it out. Appreciate you guys. Peace, love, Indeed. and shit. Peace, everyone. Thanks again for listening.